Hey, good morning, everybody. Thanks for being here in this place, being here online, Facebook or YouTube. And uh, I, I've enjoyed already what we've learned in just one week, last week, when we began this series. I, I remember using this terminology many years ago. Starting June 17, 1988, I would tell people, I got saved. Well, what does that actually mean when I say I got saved? It's terminology I don't necessarily hear as much as I used to hear, uh, but it's very biblical. Uh, it's, a, it's definitely something you will see. In, in fact, I will quote this scripture again later in the service. Uh, Romans 10, 13 has this great promise. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But what does it actually mean to be saved? Last week, if you weren't here, we talked about to be saved. If, if you are saved, that means you are acquitted. It's a very big legal word that means you're declared not guilty. Even though we know we're guilty, even though we are all sinners, even though we are all in desperate need of the grace and mercy of God, though we don't deserve a not guilty verdict, through Jesus Christ, by faith in Him, we're declared not guilty. It's a beautiful thing. So today, I want us to look at a second word picture. And actually, a lot of times I call these metaphors, but I hesitate to call it a metaphor because usually a metaphor is like, this isn't true, but it's like this. But that's not what we're saying at all today. Last week, I'm not saying it's kind of like you're acquitted. No, by faith in Jesus Christ, you are acquitted. You are declared not guilty. And so much like that today, here's what I want you to know and understand. If you are saved, then you are adopted. It's not like you're kind of adopted. <laughs> no, you are adopted. I think that's such a beautiful word picture, such a beautiful thing to wrap our minds around. And in order to do that today, I want you to literally see it from the words of God himself. Let me read to you Ephesians 1 verse 4. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. Listen to this, guys. Listen to what God says. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Isn't that, I mean, that's mind-blowing, isn't it? This is what it means to be adopted. Adopted means you are chosen. Adopted means you are chosen. You got picked. Isn't it great to be picked? I know, I, know, I think Missy might have talked about this with those swag bags, kiddos, how, how you can get to pick a pet and adopt a pet, make it yours, make it part of your family. I don't know if you've ever been a part of that process where you've either gone to an animal shelter and you get to pick a, a, an animal to rescue or go to the pet store and pick a pet. Um, you know, we used to jokingly say uh, among our family, hey, you know, we didn't ask for each other. We're stuck with each other. Like, you know, my mom and dad, they, this is what they ended up with was Bill Clark, and I ended up with them. But there's something about that concept of adoption that's no, no, no. You were chosen. It gave me great pleasure to choose you and make you part of my family. That is a, a beautiful, powerful word picture that God gives us in His Word. If we have any teenagers in the room, I, I've noticed a trend in the past few years. Now, I don't know when there's going to ever be a school dance again during a pandemic. That ought to be interesting. We could dance six feet apart with our masks on. I don't know. That could be kind of, kind of cool, actually. I don't know. I might actually excel at that. 
Um, but anyway, this homecoming dance thing where you pick or ask at least who you want to come to the homecoming dance with you. The way we used to do it is that I would find a friend of that person and say, do you think they would say yes if I asked them? And they'd come back to me and yet they said yes. And then we ask them. And sometimes it was a letter. I don't know. We didn't have to ask personally. Well, nowadays you guys hire a pilot that can write in the sky, will you go to homecoming with me? It's crazy. It's awesome, I guess. But it feels good to be picked like that. It feels good to be chosen like that. It's powerful that of all the people, you chose me, you picked me, you wanted me to be with you. And that's what God is telling you today. You're chosen. He wants to be with you. It's, he's, he's extending the adoption papers out towards you and saying, everything I've ever done is to get to be with you. I've, I've done everything. It's paid for. I've signed these papers in the blood of my own child. All you have to do is say yes. All you have to do is let me take you into my family. It's beautiful. And it's true. Now, I want to read to you from Romans 8. It's an awesome passage in the scripture that dives in a little bit, it kind of extends on this portrait of what it means to be adopted. Romans 8.14 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. And we just sang this. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. That literally means daddy, daddy, father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. So not only does it mean, does adopted mean you are chosen, adopted means you belong to God's forever family. And there's nothing more amazing than that feeling of belonging. In fact, all of humanity, every single human being on the planet has this longing to belong. And this kind of belonging trumps all of it. We can try to belong in so many ways, but to not have this forever family, the family of God, as there's a hole deep down in our soul that just stays there until we experience this, until we know this, until we believe this, until this is real in our lives, to actually know that we're a part of this big forever family that God has created, that he has chosen us, to be a part of. It's a, it's a powerful thing. When I look at that passage too, and I see that no, we don't have a spirit that makes us fearful slaves. It reminds me of even though June 17, 1988, I got saved, I still didn't fully understand what that meant. And I probably lived the first three years of my walk with Jesus more like a fearful slave than a child of God. Have you ever experienced that? And one of the reasons we're having this series is not only to extend to anyone who's watching, listening, or here in this room, to extend this invitation to experience this great salvation of God, but many of us are walking in a joyless salvation. Well, if you're walking in that salvation as a fearful slave, wondering when God's going to strike you down again, when he's going to whoop you again, He's looking for every thought that you have and just driving it down into your heart and soul. There you go again. If you're living in shame and guilt and you're enslaved to those kinds of things in your life, then you have not yet to experience what it means to be adopted. And he's explaining that to you now. you got to know you're his. You're his child. He chose you. 
He's brought you into his family. I want to tell you a few things that that means. First, it means we have the best dad ever. We have the best dad ever. Early in my walk with Christ, I was reading a devotion, and it talked about this concept of being reparented by God. And I love my parents, and they're amazing. But I needed some reparenting. And you need some reparenting. I don't care if your parents walked on water. You still need some reparenting. I've told my oldest, my firstborn, Molly, you give your therapist my cell number. I will grovel and say, I'm so sorry. Yep, I was wrong. I'm a flawed father on my best day with my best efforts. We all need a heavenly father to heal the wounds, to fill the gaps, to be the good, good father that none of us could be. Our father, our heavenly father meets needs that no human being on the planet can ever meet. And if you have one person in your life that's kind of like that, I want you to hear this. They're not Jesus. <laughs> They're not God. And you may have them on a pedestal in your life, but they can't meet those deepest soul needs, but the Heavenly Father can. Have you ever wanted to have a relationship with someone who knows everything about you, yet still loves you unconditionally? And will help you become the best version of yourself ever? That gives you the kind of courage and strength to go on that no one else can? To give you joy in your life no matter what your circumstances are, even if they're horrific circumstances, that's what your good, good father will do for you. He's a good dad. Not only do we have the best dad ever, we have the best siblings ever. Our brothers and sisters in Christ. And just like any other family, sometimes we argue, we wrestle, get mad at each other. Say things we don't mean. We, have you seen that in church? That don't happen in church, does it? That don't happen in church. Oh, yeah, it does. But we also have each other's back. And even though we're different, we're not the same, we stick by each other. And we know who our dad is. And I don't know about you, if you've experienced this, I don't know where I would be without my spiritual family. My brothers and sisters in Christ that are praying for me, that I can share with them my deepest struggles, who keep me accountable, remind me of God's journey for me, not my own journey that I want to have. We need a spiritual family. You need siblings in Christ. And that's what it means to be the church. We are there for each other. We're very different. We're very unique. And sometimes we even have some arguments. But at the end of the day, we have each other's back. And we are a family together. And I know, and you know, that you need that. And if you've tasted it and experienced it, you know how awesome it is. It's why we say we got to do more than just be here to gather together and worship either online or in these rows. We need to be in circles. We need to be connected. We need to have community. It's why when the pandemic hit, we immediately started virtual groups. Like, oh, we know we need that family to be there for us, to pray together, to talk to each other, to have each other's back. We have the best siblings ever. But there's one more thing. And I want to read to you one more verse from Romans 8. Verse 17, and since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. So not only do we have the best dad ever and the best siblings ever, we have the best inheritance ever. It says we're co-heirs with Christ. As strange as this sounds, it's like Jesus is my brother. And so whatever he gets, I get too. 
But this passage reminds us that one of the things that Jesus got was a cross. And so you too will have a cross. Don't ever have anyone tell you that if you are a part of the family of God, that means you'll never experience suffering. Oh, we will. It's part of living in a broken, fallen world. We know that very well right now, right? The world, listen, is literally on fire right now. That's the world in which we live. And it's not just that. When you are part of the family of God, it sometimes comes with its own set of struggles because we live differently. We kind of resemble our dad. After, after a while, the more we hang out with him, we start resembling him, and the world don't know what to do with that sometimes. So that causes some suffering. But not only did Jesus get a cross, he got a resurrection. And he got a heavenly home. And it's a whole other sermon, but I can describe to you what God's word says about that heavenly home, but I know this, no more death, no more dying, no more pandemic, no more masks, no more Google Classroom. I can't believe I've not heard amen yet. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> right? That day's coming. That's the inheritance we have to look forward to. And it's the best inheritance ever that way outshines any amount of suffering you and I could ever experience on this side of that inheritance. It's good news. That's why I invite you into this next step today, guys. Ask God to save you by bringing you into his forever family. That's it. That's all you have to do. God is saying to you right now, listen, I gave up. I gave up my own son to make you my son, to make you my daughter. If, if you walk out of here doubting God's love for you, I have failed, or you have slept <laughs> through this. If, if you leave this live stream today, not knowing at least a little bit, man, God kind of loves me. He picked me. He gave up his own son personally for me. Do you, do you believe this? I mean, that's why they call it faith. It does require believing. But when you believe it, I mean really believe it, it will transform your life forever. It will make you different. And it's an awesome life to live. Let me remind you again of that promise in Romans 10, 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. On June 17, 1988, if it weren't, I don't know what caused me to write the date down. I was 15 years old. I felt like what happened was a big deal, so I wrote the date down. But I will tell you, I don't remember a whole lot of the details. <laughs> I don't remember what I said when I prayed to God. I just remember I did pray, and I remember that was a big deal, and I remember that that day changed everything in my life. And so the I just remember this, the best way I knew how I asked him to save me, and he did. And so I invite you right here, right now, right where you are, if you have never asked God to save you, if you've never asked him to bring you into his forever family, while I pray out loud, you pray and you ask him to do that today. Let's pray together. Will you bow with me? Father, it's amazing that I can call you that. You've made me your child. 
And I'm so different than I was so many years ago because of that moment, God, when I asked you the best way I knew how to save me. And right here, right now, for everyone watching and listening, everyone in this room, if they have never asked you to do that, God, I pray that they would experience the biggest moment of their life right now and do what it says in Romans 10, 13, to pray a prayer calling upon your name, saying, Father, save me. Take me into your family forever. Make me your child from this day forward and for eternity. God, you promise for everyone who does that, that they are saved. And you tell us in your word that they are chosen. We are chosen and that we are in your family forever and that you will be our father, our daddy for the rest of our days, all through eternity. Lord, I I thank you for that amazing gift of this great salvation. We pray this in the name of the son that you gave up for us. In the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Well, friends, today, if you asked him to save you and adopt you into his family, if you prayed that today, I want you to know that the Bible says that all of the angels in heaven are rejoicing. Well, we want to join the party too. Would you let us know that? All you have to do is take out your tablet or your smartphone and text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to our church number, 859-356-3162. We had someone do that last week and tell us that they were acquitted of their sins. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. We just want to continue to walk with you and pray for you and encourage you and celebrate that with you. Will you let us know that today? I hope that you have learned something new about what God thinks of you. I hope that you close this live stream in a moment or walk out these doors in a moment feeling more loved than when you first started in this worship experience because your Heavenly Father loves you so much. Let's worship Him the rest of this day as we continue to know this. He gave up His Son to make you His child forever. God bless you guys.